first really, you know, doing the work to, to identify and to understand what those fears are. So you're not driven by those fears and you're, you know, it's, it's almost like on, I don't know, unprogramming all of the fears around relationships, right? There's this like learned inherited paradigm, this narrative that we have about marriage. So the first part is really unlearning everything you learned about marriage. Hi, I'm Sandy Fowler, and you're listening to Mighty Parenting, a podcast where we explore parenting in a way that helps us and our kids find more happiness and fosters emotional wellness, even while solving problems with our teens and young adults. We learn through advice and stories from experts and other parents, and I'm so glad you've joined us. So welcome to Mighty Parenting, where we have real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults in today's world. Our conversation today is with Yana Gildamantes. Yana is a marriage coach who has discovered a brand new paradigm for relationships and marriage. I know that our marriages impact us and our ability to parent well. Any romantic relationship we have is going to impact that. And it also impacts our children, whether our kids feel the tension or whether they model their own relationship on ours, we want to have a happy, healthy marriage or romantic relationship for their sake and for our own. So Yana, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. I really, I'm so grateful to be here. I think this is going to be a really great conversation. And with Valentine's Day coming up, I kind of wanted to turn our attention back to that side of our life. You know, we're talking about our parenting, our relationships with our kids and things. And this relationship, our marriage, it impacts our kids in many ways. And yet we oftentimes don't take the time to, to really think about it or work on it or work on ourselves to be better in there. So I think this is going to be a great conversation for us. And Yana, you said that after you were married and became a mom, you noticed unhealthy patterns in your marriage. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. So I definitely, you know, was on autopilot, especially after getting married and having kids, we, we did it pretty quickly where we got pregnant right after getting married. And I just found myself feeling always stressed out and just surviving. And what was, you know, the way that I was showing up in my marriage was everything that I learned from my parents. And I was just seeing how I was being just like my mom, getting defensive, um, being a victim in my relationship, um, you know, shutting down whenever there was conflict. And I was blessed to be aware enough to really look at those patterns and to realize that that's not how I wanted to show up in my relationship. That's not how I wanted my relationship to go. Cause honestly, if it kept going that way, we wouldn't make it. We would not, you know, continue to stay married. So I really took action and took responsibility for, for the way I was showing up and, um, and decided to do something to interrupt those, you know, learned behaviors, learned patterns. I find it interesting that you noticed that 
especially early in a marriage to, to have the awareness to say, wow, these are unhealthy patterns that are showing up. A lot of us, you just, you know, you get into the marriage and it's like, oh, that first year, there's a lot of adjustment and things. And people will tell you that even if there are some bumpy spots or you're surprised by the way you are getting along with your spouse. Um, but to be able to go, these are patterns and they're unhealthy. I guess I'm curious how you recognized that that was exactly that an unhealthy pattern. Yeah. For me, you know, it wasn't on my own that I recognized that. Um, I started, when I started feeling off, I really used all the tools and everything that I learned. I was like a seminar and personal development junkie since I was like 21. So I had a lot of tools that I learned and, you know, helped me get awareness. But I was, you know, in therapy, I had coaches, I had people around me and I was doing different workshops that really had me look at these patterns. Um, so it definitely wasn't just me on my own. And I think that is one of the keys to, to kind of remember, cause you know, that awareness when we're on our own, we're just in it. So a lot of times it's hard to, to have that awareness when you're just trying to do it all on your own. So yeah, I definitely got that support. And I agree with you that support, uh, a third party impartial view is so, so important for so many aspects of our life. And I think especially in work around marriage, I just, I think that's invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. I love the statement you make in your work where you say, stop waiting for him to change. I think it's so true that when we have problems in our relationship, we tend to view our partner as the problem. Absolutely. So talk to us about why that isn't true. Why don't we have to wait for our partner to change before we can improve our relationship? Mm. Well, I personally believe that our partners are our mirrors. You know, they reflect so much onto us. And when, when we're able to see clearly, um, you know, what we want, who we are, when we love ourselves, then our partners show up so differently in that space. When we're unhappy and we're blaming the other person or our circumstances and we're in this like victim mentality, then no matter how our partner shows up, we will never be able to see our partner in, you know, a, this beautiful light. And, um, and it just, it always starts with, with us. Um, and it's amazing, you know, when I, when I'm like feeling good and I'm really doing the work on myself and I, I have love for myself and I feel grounded and, you know, just feeling great about life. It, it doesn't matter what my partner says or does or how he shows up. Like, I'm just like, okay, like it doesn't trigger me so much. But if I'm feeling bad about myself or if I'm beating myself up, like actually this morning I was like, oh, my, you know, I was having all these thoughts like, oh my God, 
I'm failing as a mom, you know, and my partner, like my husband said one thing about my daughter and I just blew up into tears because it like triggered something that I was already thinking. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, our partners are, and you know, not just our partners, our kids and people in our lives are really mirrors for what's happening inside us. And they're just going to help us see those things. So, um, so yeah, I know that was a long answer for that question, but you know, I can talk about this all day long. Well, oftentimes people will toss back the idea of, well, you know, it takes two to make a marriage work or I shouldn't have to do this all by myself or, you know, they're doing this and there's no way I can live with that. So what does me changing do about that behavior? What do you say to those kinds of statements? I truly believe that each relationship is 100%, you know, person's responsibility. When I got this for myself in my life, that my marriage is mine. I am the one who said, yes, I am the one who chose this man. I'm the one who keeps choosing this partner. So it's my job to feel happy. And I absolutely agree. It's extremely difficult to be in a relationship if your partner is not doing that work. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's your choice whether you're choosing this marriage or not. And as long as we're telling ourselves, like, you know, he's not doing the work, so it's not going to work, then that's exactly what you're going to have. You're going to be stuck in a relationship that doesn't work. And, you know, if he's not doing the work and you're not okay with that, then then what are you choosing? Like, are you choosing to stay in the marriage, accepting him and how he is or she is? Or are you just going to, you know, be in a marriage, complain about your partner, be at the mercy of how, you know, he is or she is, and have a miserable marriage? See, like, you're at the end of the day, like, you're the one who's choosing your life nobody else is choosing it for you and I know that a lot of us don't want to hear this but it's it's the only way that you can actually feel empowered in your life is when you fully take responsibility for all of the areas of your life and how you show up that's it and when you work with people you know see so you're working with a woman and she's showing up and she's doing the work. Her partner is not involved in the work that you two are doing. What kinds of things do you see happen in the partner or in the relationship? A lot of people, a lot of the women, because I do work a lot just with the woman. And when they go through my program, a lot of them do come to a place of like, okay, I accept him and I choose him the way he is and the way he isn't. And then I have certain, you know, requests and boundaries and, and things that I need to be responsible for setting. So it works for me. So ultimately she feels empowered in her relationship to 
to really create a relationship in a, in a space that, that works for her, where she feels expressed and happy and, you know, just feeling good. And then, you know, there, there has been, have been some women that have gone through the program and they really got clarity, like, okay, like, this is something that is non-negotiable. If he's not going to fill in the blank or whatever, this isn't aligned with the kind of marriage I want for my life or the kind of life I want or whatever. And then, you know, choose to either separate or whatnot. I mean, I haven't had a lot of marriages. My commitment is, you know, the women that go through the program really love their their marriage. And I do go through a process before they even join the program to make sure that there's still love and commitment there. Um, but, you know, it really does take the woman really be committed to, to creating her relationship and then and then, then it works because a lot of people, like a lot of us, you know, we say we want to fix the marriage, but we really don't want to do the work um, to do that. So if you're not in the relation, you're just trying to do it just so you can check off a box that you tried. It really usually is not going to work. And when we do that work, it, you know, as you see women, come to a new understanding, come to that place of, okay, this is the person I chose to marry. This is who they are. I accept them for who they are as they are. And I'm going to look at me. I'm going to to do this work. I'm going to accept me or change what I don't want to accept about me. I'm going to set good, healthy boundaries as they do that, do they experience their partner behaving differently ever? I Absolutely. Mean, not to go through the program going, oh, I'm going to do this so they change, mm-hmm. but to honestly do this work and, and show up differently in their marriage, you know, does the partner then sometimes show up differently? Absolutely. I mean, I, pretty much every woman that has gone through the program has had a story of like how her partner showed up in a completely different way. And she was like shocked. Um, I mean, I can tell you stories after story of just, you know, like where husbands started cleaning on a regular basis where they never lifted a finger around the house or, you know, they started helping out with dinner or they would say things to the woman and tell her, you know, how incredible she is and how grateful they are for her and just all of these conversations that they've never had before. Um, so yeah, because, because the woman was a space for that. See, a lot of times we're not a space for those miracles to occur because we're so in the complaints of our marriages. We're so into like, Oh my God, you know, he's not doing this. And this is not happening and it should be another way. It should be another way. It should be another way. And that causes more and more stress. And then there's no opportunity for our partners to even show up differently. It's like business as usual. So when those shifts are happening, when the women are going through the program, the men actually are like, oh, wow. Like there's, they don't know what's happening, but they, you know, they feel the difference. They feel like they're just safe to, to show up differently and they're inspired 
um, because the energy is taken off them. And, you know, the woman will be putting that energy towards herself and really working on herself. So the man feels like he has some space to really just show up um, and, and express his love towards her in a different way. I love that, that the man feels safe to show up or the partner feels safe to show up and express their love in a different way. So what, what are some of the things that, that keep us stuck in these old patterns or in the things that we don't like about our marriage or the complaining, what are kind of the big roadblocks to having that relationship that we really want? Gosh, I mean, one thing is like, we just want to be right. As human beings, we so badly want to prove that we are right about whatever we learned. So whatever expectations that we have and how things should be. And, you know, we call it the big lie in our program. And the big lie is this like human belief. And we don't talk, nobody talks about it. You know, we really don't even want to admit it to ourselves that we have it, but it's always happening somewhere deep down in the subconscious. We don't really believe that, you know, we're, that a relationship is going to work. It's this fear, I would say. And we operate from fear so much of the time. And, you know, it's programmed into our society and, you know, everywhere. Even like if you talk to a girlfriend, you know, when you meet a guy, they talk like we have this agreement, this invisible agreement that somehow it's not going to work out. Like there's hope, right? We, you know, we all watch the happily ever after stories, but underneath the fear is that it's not really going to work out. And then we get into a relationship with this hope and these dreams And then we get disappointed and we start looking for evidence of how it's not really going to work out. And the reason, you know, we have these ideas because we didn't really see people around us with relationships that really worked out. Like if you think about it, you know, even if you have parents who stayed together or grandparents or whatever, even if they had a good relationship, there's always something where you're like, yeah, but, you know, they weren't really happy or whatever. And we, we really, you know, it's like this, this big gap from what we think is possible and what we see in movies and what we learn from like, you know, social or what we think is real in social media and then like the reality. So, so we're always, you know, hoping, but yet operating from fear. Always hoping, but operating from fear. So when we operate from fear, what does that do to us? Oh, it causes stress, disconnection. You know, some people get angry, um, upset, withdrawn, feeling lonely. I mean, we all, I think, you know, express it in, in different ways. We don't actually have the important conversations with our partners because we're, we're in that fear mode. Um, and then, you know, we... Once we gather enough evidence, then for why it's not going to work out, then it can cause to divorce. Yeah. So what do we really need? Like you, you say that there's um, a powerful foundation 
that we can have to create a thriving marriage? What would that be? Yeah. So first really, you know, doing the work to, to identify and to understand what those fears are. So you're not driven by those fears and you're, you know, it's, it's almost like on, I don't know, unprogramming all of the fears around relationships, right? There's this like learned inherited paradigm, this narrative that we have about marriage. So the first part is really unlearning everything you learned about marriage. And then to create a solid foundation, you need to create something that will fulfill, you know, or something that will be instead of the fear that will will continue to inspire you and move you forward in your relationship. We call it the big why. And the big why is a vision for your marriage, for what you want for yourself in your life, for what you're committed to, like what you really want to, you know, even teach your kids. And, um, and when a couple really aligns on that vision, and they have a why that they're both in agreement around, or at least, you know, understand and support one another about, it really, you know, creates for a solid foundation. And when stuff does come up, arguments, conflicts, difficult circumstances, you have this opportunity to always come back to that why. Could you give us an example of what a, like, what does a why look like? What might be an example or two? Yeah. And I'll tell you just really quickly, the questions I ask my clients for them to figure out their why is why are you married? Why are you, why choose a relationship? Not like with your partner, but just for yourself in your life. Why, you know, marriage. And then what do you want to teach your children about relationships? So if, if, for all the listeners, if you do these exercises and you really take some time to write it all out, you can come to something that inspires you and the why should inspire you. For me, my why in my relationship is, my relationship is my vehicle for growth and evolution as a human being. Like I want, I'm committed to be the best version of myself and I wanna teach my girls that they can actually create a partnership where there's love and communication and connection and like joy and fulfillment. And even through the difficulties, like they can actually have a partnership where they experience that. So, you know, whenever stuff goes down in my marriage, I'm always asking the question, okay, how is this forming? What am I learning from this? Who am I being? You know, because if it's for me to evolve, then it's it's never about my husband. It's about like, how do I get to evolve from this, <laughs> from these experiences? So that's one, you know, why that that's my why. But, you know, there's so many beautiful um, examples. I had a client, her, her why was God. And she wanted to, you know, deepen her relationship with God. And her marriage was the opportunity for her to deepen that, which I think is so beautiful as well. And, you know, there's so, there's so much more, but those are just some examples. 
So you mentioned in there, you said, you know, when a couple is aligned on this to become aligned means we're going to have to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about communication in a marriage. What is it that we need to know? Yeah. I mean, communication is such a huge topic. Um, But one thing that I would say that I think is one of the most important things to having effective communication is really being conscious of what your intention is before you communicate, especially I think for, uh, for women, because women, we think just because we're speaking and, and talking, we're communicating and men are different creatures. If you're in a relationship with a man, he communicates, you know, to get a point across, to come up with a solution, or to solve a problem or, you know, whatnot, to fix something. So if you wanna be effective communicating with a man especially, or with anybody, you really have to get, what is my intention? Is it to, you know, share with him or even with your kids how I feel and just to express myself? Or is it to, I don't know, schedule, you know, some appointments or whatnot, or whatever that intention is, it's really powerful to be clear on intention before you communicate. Then realize, are you complaining? Um, Or what is the complaint? Usually we are, we have a complaint. When we go and communicate about something, especially important conversations, we already have a default complaint that's there. So, you know, if I want to go and talk to my husband about like helping around the house, there's a, there's already a complaint that's there that he's not helping. So you really want to get conscious of that complaint. Like what's already there? Um, because most of the time, if you're not conscious, you're just going to your partner and you're just complaining out loud. So if you, you know, are conscious enough to catch the complaint and you can actually ask yourself, what is my desire? Like, why am I complaining about this? What, what do I really want? And that will create your intention. So when you go to your partner, you come from that intention. And you can share with them even in the communication, like, hey, <clears throat> you know, I really want to talk to you about this. I really, you know, would love it if, fill in the blank. Or, hey, you know, I really just want to be heard and I want to share some stuff with you. So are you willing to listen or whatever? So being responsible for communication and the way you communicate is huge. It's like that that's what really leads to successful communication. Um, Most of the time, if we're just, you know, talking, talking for the sake of talking, it's not usually going to get anywhere. And a lot of times, you know, It's just going to repeat the same patterns, whether, you know, your partner will shut down, get defensive or get angry or whatnot, or just walk away, which I hear from so many women. Um, So, yeah, so it's really being responsible for the intention of the communication is is huge. So what I'm hearing you say is think before we open our mouth, Mm -hmm. (laughs) think about the purpose of what we're doing. What if, what if it is just, we just want to talk, like we want to just 
say what happened in our day, or we want to tell them about something amazing that happened, or we want to vent about something. Yeah. No, and it's great. And women, we actually need to do this. Alison Armstrong, I studied with a woman named Alison Armstrong, who's amazing. She studied men for like, I don't know, 20 or 30 years, and women as well. And she talks about how women, we need to, she, call, she calls it empty our basket at the end of the day. And what that looks like is literally like throughout the day we're doing things and we're gathering, right? We're gatherers and we just put things in our basket, whatever we see or do or whatever. And then we come home. And especially if we have a safe relationship with our partner, we want to just dump it out and empty our basket and tell him about all the things we saw and, you know, just everything. And if you want to do that, that's perfect. And it's great. And you know, maybe to have a conversation with your partner and let him know, hey, you know what, at the end of the day, I just want to like be able to share with you where you're not trying to fix anything. Or you can just say like, there's nothing to fix. You're not in trouble. There's no problems. Like, I just want to share about my day. Can we do that? Can you listen to me? And just listen to me without saying anything or without fixing anything and whatever. My husband actually knows when I'm emptying my basket, he literally will be like, okay, this is basket emptying time. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> and it was funny because we actually did a, a seminar and, um, and I remember he asked, he raised his hand, but it was like such a man comment. He was like, um, I want to understand this. When she's emptying her basket, can I watch the Laker game? Can I like, can I do something else? Because if there's no point, like, why is she talking? Because for him, the way it occurs is like, if there's no point, then what's the point of talking? You know, that's why like, if men are hanging out, like, you won't see them like talk, talk, talk and share, 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 because they're, they're talking about, you know, sports or like a conversation that there's like a point to. And they have no problem about not talking about women. We just communicate differently and it's beautiful and it's perfect. And, you know, that's how we release, I think, a lot of stress by talk therapy. But I think it's just being responsible for how you communicate and what the intention is and then talking to your partner about it. So he receives it as well. What about shifting our expectation? I mean, if we spend our day gathering all these things, does it have to be our partner? No. Who listens to that at the end of the day? Absolutely not. No. My husband, oftentimes he's like, you know, I'm really tired right now. Do you think you can empty your basket with a friend? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. Like, I, But you know, the thing I think that we have to really distinguish because I think for a lot of women, and I was like this too, before I, you know, got this concept, like that if he is not listening to me talk, then it means that he doesn't love me or he doesn't care about me or he doesn't appreciate me, you know, all the things we tell ourselves. So you really have to shift the context and, you know, those stories. And that's the inner work that needs to, to be done, right? Because a lot of times it triggers our deeper fears if he says something like that. So, um, so if you really, you know, feel good about where you're at and who you are, then it doesn't mean anything when he says, Hey, you know what? I'm not available right now to listen to you or whatever. Then, um, 
then yeah, definitely share it with others. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Yana, for joining us today and for giving us this view on how we can be powerful and shift and change our marriage. For listeners who want more from you, where can they get that? So they can go on my website, which is transformyourmarriagecourse.com to find out about my um, coaching program. And then I'm also on Instagram. It's themarriage.coach. And on Facebook, they can find me, Yana Gildemontes Coaching. Well, thank you again for being here, for giving us hope and strategies for a better, happier relationship. Absolutely. I loved having this conversation and thank you to you and to all of your listeners. Thank you. And Mighty Parents, thank you for being here, for being part of the Mighty Parenting community. Remember, if you're here, you're listening, then you are a Mighty Parent. You got this. And I will see you next week. Mighty Parents, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. If you're ready for more, visit MightyParenting.com where you can get your free email series, How to Talk to Your Teen, with tips for communicating with your teen in a way that builds connection and communication. You can also get Mighty Parenting Plus so you can access our private podcast, which includes all the Mighty Parenting episodes, behind the scenes, guest highlights, and more. And of course, remember to share the podcast with another parent to support them on their parenting journey.